Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 10 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and once again I'm joined by Chris and Ramrod as we talk about movies, music, video games, and all things that have either entertained or infuriated us since we last talked. Right, um, this episode, I think we're going to start it off with you, Ramrod. And uh, yeah, what do you want to talk about this episode, mate? How do you want to start it off? Good evening, everybody. Um, Hello to my fellow co-hosts tonight, and I want to share a little story with you tonight. Um, So, sit back and relax, and uh, prepare yourself. As I lean forward while he has his eyes closed, and place my lips around him tentatively and suck, running my tongue over the tip. Whoa, Anna! His eyes fly open and I suck harder. He's hard and soft at once, like steel encased in velvet, and surprisingly tasty, salty and smooth. Christ, he groans and closes his eyes again. Moving down, I push him into my mouth. Are you with me? He groans again. Ha! My inner goddess is thrilled. I can do this. I can fuck him with my mouth. So, there's an episode there, ladies and gentlemen, from Fifty Shades of Grey. Can I, can I, I, I need oh to God. take a minute. I need to clean. I need to clean my computer screen. Hold on. <laughs> to be honest, I thought you were going to say that's an excerpt from Dave's diary or something like. <laughs> the Tower of Dave. <laughs> yeah, he's just the changed only... the, the the character's name. So Dave is Anna. Um... It would be Anna. <laughs> Dave, honest to God, uh, I can only follow it with this quote. I feel the colour in my cheeks rising again. I must now be the colour of the Communist Manifesto. That's a fucking another quote from Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, this last week or so, as you probably couldn't avoid it, the film came out of Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, don't worry, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I probably will see it at some point because it's had an 18 certificate and anything with an 18 certificate these days is worth a watch in my book because it's a rare fucking thing. Wow, I thought it was a 15. You've surprised me, mate. Mm, They're giving a hard 18 because they've put a bit of shagging in it. So I've had a little sifty through the book. I bought it for my mum last Christmas, the book. She's 75 as a joke. (laughs) She hasn't really read it. I don't think she's going to get much from it. It's absolute trash as we probably all know us intelligent people so i had a little look at it like this now also i don't know if you've noticed in the press since the film's come out obviously it's exploded it's made a you know sorry about the pun it has exploded (laughs) and it's made a a a fuck ton of money despite the fact it's like a 3.2 on imdb which is atrocious you know and every review of it has been like one star two stars nothing more have you seen what's been happening to women who've been going to watch this in the cinema? I don't know if you've seen any of the stories in the news. Um, I saw something about a guy getting assaulted because women were getting hysterical Indeed. over it. I mean, I went to watch Rihanna in concert a couple of years ago. And Dave, I know you've been to see Prince and Tom Waits and things like that. Yeah. And you've, all, you've commented before about how pissed people get at concerts. Now, they're treating Fifty Shades of Grey as not a movie as like a little event so these women have been going out and getting absolutely slaughtered and then trying to sit in a quiet cinema with probably some cinephiles who actually want to see the film 
and getting that drunk that some guy and his missus who'd gone there for a little romantic evening, God knows, trying to, you know, light the flame in their pathetic relationship or whatever they went there for. <laughs> he, he turns around at one point and says to these women, shh, trying to watch the film. So she fucking went for him. And some reports say she tried to glass him. Holy in shit. The cinema. I mean, it was in Scotland. Not that that probably has any bearing <laughs> on it at all. It was probably like a deep fried glass then, wasn't it, if it was in Scotland? A deep fried <laughs> glass. But she went for him. And then days since then, uh, a story went up on um, the Lad Bible on Facebook. Now, if anybody's never seen the Lad Bible, it's just like a page that you like and it feeds you brilliant blokey information and stories and whatnot. Anyway, a story went up on that the other day that a woman was caught masturbating in the cinema oh. to Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, this is something else, right? I mean, I knew this film was going to cause a little bit of a stir when it came out. It would get a lot of women going to the cinema to see this guy's dick or beat up this woman, whatever he does. You could Google it. You could get far better stuff easier on the internet. Dave, you could list some websites. Quick, Dave, list some sites. <laughs> You know them, If you Dave. don't, Dave, I will. So. <laughs> go on, Chris, go. Where can they get good BDSM, Chris? BDSM? Oh, yeah. just, or just general shagging. Well, whatever you want, like. It's all out there, isn't it? Well, well far be it from me to promote pornographic sites, but, you know, there's <laughs> X Hamster, RedTube, uh, Pornhub. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tubate. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, take your pick. So these Not that women... I know. People have told me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I've never frequented those sites. I don't have any kind of membership with them at all. No, I've ne I've, I've never watched pornography in my life. I've no interest in it. <laughs> I was I was bought Pamela Anderson's Playboy video for like my twelfth birthday or something. <laughs> I've had a problem since a young age, but yeah, there's something's been going on. I mean, there's a film that came out a few years ago called Ponty Pool. Uh, oh, has anybody yeah. ever seen Ponty Pool? Yes, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, in the and radio station. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. The guys, like everybody outside the radio station, gets affected by some sort of weird virus that spreads via words. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a mad concept, but it's quite a good little affected movie, I think. This Fifty Shades of Grey film has got some sort of videodrome shit going on with it, where it's getting into women's psyches and affecting them, it's making them violent, it's making them sex freaks, wanking in the <laughs> cinema. Sex freaks. Sex freaks. It's like a Cronenberg film going on out there. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a bit like in the mouth of madness, you know the the That's book. It. In that, it sends people crazy, doesn't it? And go around killing everybody. And this is it. Something like that. I, I mean, there's a woman in our office. I mean, I take the piss. I've done exactly the same as you. That just there happens to be a copy of the book lying around. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it might be Fifty Shades Freed or something. And you are right. I think they are. It's fucking. It's like it's written by a child. Let's face it. I mean, you know, it, it does come across. It's so. I mean, Christ, I've never written a book, so what do I know? But my commentary on it is that it, reading it, like you said, it is so badly written and, and just kind of so childish in some ways. But, I mean, looking into it, it's, I think is it based on a Twilight fan fiction? Is that how it originally started? You know, and that probably yeah. tells you something. But, I mean, it's just the, the woman at work has seen it and she went with her husband and it's just... She says, oh, yeah, it's it's not bad, actually. But I was a bit disappointed. I didn't see the man's cock. <laughs> I'm like, you've got, 
you, you know, you've got a husband. You you can have a look at his cock. I mean, <laughs> any cock, the cocks look generally the same, I guess. You know, they obviously vary shape and size, but a cock's a cock. You know, Not did you really have? <laughs> <laughs> did you have to pay your upwards of fifth, I don't know, tenner or whatever it is to, to go and look at some people having sex on a screen? You know, like you said, it's just if you're going to do it, then why not? You said what? Like what you said? Why not just look at a fucking porno site? It's just I don't know. It's it's I don't get it, and I'm prob- I'm in the wrong well, I'm the wrong gender, I think, obviously, and I'm just in the wrong demographic. I just don't get it at all. It's just it's nonsense. And when the books, the books have sold over a hundred million copies. It's just you know. it, it just goes to demonstrate that people are fucking stupid. It really is. Yeah. Well said, Chris. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, I'm lucky that my good lady is. She's not one of the sheep, as I'd say. She she'll go. Ah, I can give a shit about that. I watch Secretary, which I've been you know putting online here, there, and everywhere. Going, if you want to watch a good film, watch Secretary. It's got heart. It's a good film about a dominant submissive relationship. It's got James Spader in it. Watch that. I mean, she's the sort of girl that would go. Yeah, I'd rather watch that. But her friend tomorrow night wants to go to the cinema and she's agreed to go with her friend and guess what they're going to see they're gonna go and see 50 shades of gray and she's actually had to defend it to me i don't want to go and see it so i'm gonna have somebody that i know personally that's gonna go and see it and come back and give me a good critique of it so maybe next time we record we'll have a we'll have some sort of better idea of do we see dick or not (laughs) if they're that busy wanking and we've all seen women wank they shut their eyes (laughs) <laughs> she's gonna miss half of it <laughs> uh, apparently so, you get to see her lady parts but you don't get to see his uh, men parts or man parts see i don't, know, I just don't call it a cock <laughs> it's a cock meat yeah. hammer <laughs> tallywhacker it's a tallywhacker back in dave's day it was a tallywhacker no but back in my day it was a widge a widge <laughs> that was oh, it. <laughs> Widgie. So yeah, I mean, I, I just had to had to throw you both into the dark, twisted world of pain that is Fifty Shades of Grey. Hmm. Hmm. I just wish I'd have written the book. What is, here's a question for both of you guys. Then, when it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, obviously you're not going to see it in the cinema. Mm-mm. Are you going? Are you ever going to watch it at any point, both of you? Well, I know I am just out of pure curiosity as a as a film lover. I want then I can give an honest opinion that yes, I was right. So it's like I had to watch Twilight. I didn't watch the sequels. I watched the first one, yeah, just so I could say yeah, I'm right. It's fucking cack. But <laughs> I liked I liked the last Twilight. Oh, though. Go, I've, gotta, go, I've got to say I've seen right again. I've mentioned before a teenage daughter, so you know I'm dragged into films like this. <laughs> the... Yeah right. <laughs> you were dragging her. Yeah, was it? <laughs> come on, come to the cinema and watch this, please. I need some excuse. Uh, but um, I didn't like them. I hated them. But I've got, I've got. To, I'll hold my hand up. The last Twilight film, I really enjoyed it. Oh my! God. We've just lost half of our listeners. <laughs> they just switched off. I think is that like Stockholm syndrome though? You just, you, <laughs> you know. You've been battered into submission. You kind of grow a bit of um, affinity for, for your captor. It could but... well have been that by the last film, mate. Maybe so. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Are you going to watch Fifty Shades of Grey, Chris? I, nope. I have no intention or desire to. I'm never say, never say never because 
I have a wife. And at one at some point in my life, she might turn around and say, oh, yeah. go on, let's watch it. But, um, I mean, like you, uh, Ramrod, I've watched the first Twilight, and I, I thought it was fucking horrible. You know, it's just, I just didn't like it at all. But again, I'm in the wrong demographic, I'm in the wrong gender, and, and, and that's very sort of sexist or whatever you want to call me saying, but it's just true. I'm not, I'm, I'm the wrong audience to pitch it at. And I just, no, nah, it's not for me. I, you know, I've, I know enough about it to sort of like, and like you said, if I want to watch something that's got a bit of um, sex appeal to it, um, I'll, like you said, I'll watch Secretary. Uh, I mean, I'll even go as far as say, well, let's watch Basic Instinct to a certain degree, or let's watch something. Uh, what's uh, what's the one with Linda Fiorentino? Fiorentino in or the Last Seduction? The Last Seduction. Excellent. You know, yeah. something that's got a bit of. You know, story, but also sex appeal and bite, and it, it, yeah. you know, um, so just rather than this, some it's like it's the it's the TV, uh, it's the it's the T-shirt of the week or whatever. Or just, you know, it's it's the T. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah, just it's, it's literally yeah. that. I mean, I mean, I like I love a. No, how do you put it? A sex cinema. You don't really go to the cinema anymore and see an 18 certificate adult sort of like Gone Girl was probably the last one I could say. I saw in the cinema that I went. It's like that sort of vein of basic instinct, like you say, Fatal Attraction, where it's an adult yeah. thriller. Um, what's one I really love? There were two movies I really love. One was called Unfaithful with Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Now that's a fucking really good sex movie, but the other one was In the Cut with uh, Matt Ruffalo and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, yeah. I mean, there's, you see, Fulon had a wrecked cock in that, which apparently belonged to Ruffalo. It wasn't his honk dick. <laughs> I know it can get bigger than that. But, you know, that's another one, because it's not, like you say, a pop culture thing. In the cut is, whoa, it's a rum bloody film, that is. It's got some hard shit in it, but... I love watching these films. It's, I think it's good if somebody's going to do it. That's why, I, but I, it's going to be shit, because it's based on this piece of shit book unfortunately mm. if they were going to make it the way i'd have made it i'd have had probably christian bale or michael fassbender in it and david cronenberg would have directed it and it would have been fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> and he would have ended up absorbing her at the end or something <laughs> oh, God. but anyway i've no. got it off my chest to feel better now that's good. Oh, good i've got to say i've got no interest in it whatsoever i know tina said she wants to watch it but i've said already now you can have to watch it by yourself because i i no, I'm not going to watch it. Mm. Yeah, liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the new to- if the new Twilight comes out, you'll be down there like a fucking shot. Though. I'll be first in the queue, mate. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> ah, Pat's. He's got the tattoo, haven't you, Dave? That's it. Ah, Pat's tattoo next to your slide tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah, they're just kissing each other on my arm. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Any more? Any more movie talk then? I've got one. On. Changing the um, the subject completely in terms of tone and just something that's a piece of dog crap to something <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, I watched Ip Man yesterday. That's not going to mean anything to anybody by yesterday because, you know, as I say, I don't know when we're recording this, but still, you can tell I've had a can of Red Bull before we started recording. <laughs> I'm, I'm rambling. Um, but no, I... Because we... Um, we did the Enter the Dragon show, and obviously, you know, kind of as you do, and I know you guys do when when you watch a film. You then, if you enjoy it, you tend to then go back and um, have a look at the, the the 
the making of and everything else and, and try and absorb as much detail about the film as you can, you know, because I, I, you probably like me a bit of a sort of like comp- compulsive obsessive when it comes to stuff like that. You just, that's what kind of what makes me tick. So obviously then finding out about Bruce Lee and then this guy, it man was his uh, tutor, you know, his um, seafood master. Look at me go. <laughs> it was like saying all sorts yeah. of oriental words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they mean, but um, and anyway, um, and it's so this is uh, from 2008, and it stars Donnie Yen. Now I have to confess, I've never seen a Donnie Yen film before. Uh, but although looking at his IMDb, he did have a part in Blade Two, but I can't picture him from that. If I'm perfectly honest with you, um, but oh, wow, this film is just incredible. So it's kind of like a bit of a, a biography, semi biography of um, his kind of uh, life. And uh, it, it starts off where he's already a master and he lives in a very prosperous town. Um, and, you know, there's loads of kung fu clubs which are starting up. But, you know, he's the, the, he's the guy, but he's he's not a dick about it. You know, he's he's very sort of like, you know, encouraging people. He's a nice guy. He's got a family. He's got a wife and son. Um, he doesn't spend as much time with his wife and son, which pisses her off. But you know, because he's he's always practicing his kung fu, and um, then uh, the Japanese invade and uh, occupy the town where he lives, and it kind of goes from being very prosperous to you know, uh, obviously war torn and people getting killed and dying and everything else. And it's just kind of about his life. And now I always take these kind of films where they're semi autobiographical or sort of based on true story all that kind of stuff with a bit of a pinch of salt because you know they obviously have to add certain bits to to um create entertainment and all that kind of stuff but i'm not you know i'm not going to sort of pick it apart for that but all i can say is that this is just so exciting to watch in terms of the action and the the, the fights and there's so you know, we talked about Bruce Lee and saying, like, you know, he was one of a kind and he was like, you know, you kind of, there are very few times now, because I've seen so many films in my lifetime, obviously, that you kind of like, you, you're excited by a film because you can kind of see things that are going to happen or you can see what's going to, you know, th- let's say there's very few films that do that. The Ray did it on back. I've mentioned this before. But this is another one where I was, I kind of felt like I was holding my breath while watching some of the action scenes. I mean, there's a scene in this. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? Yes, I've seen oh, it. Oh, yes. Okay, so there's a scene, you'll know which I'm talking about, where he takes on these ten Japanese black belts. Holy shit. That, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, that scene probably only lasts for about three minutes, if that, um, that fight, I should say. And blimey, it is full on. This guy, uh, Donnie Yen, I mean, he's something else as well. I mean, I know, and I know it's choreographed, but Jesus, he's got some skill. And uh, you just watch you thinking, how the hell did they do that? All sort of the different flips and everything else. The, the style of the camera work and the way it's filmed, and it's just, it feels like you're in the fight a lot. It's like so dynamic, and it's just brilliant. Honestly, I, I was blown away. But, I mean, I watched it with uh, my wife as well. Um, it's kind of like I wanted to watch it to talk about it, and so so uh, we watched it together. But even she was like, "Wow, that was really cool!" Because it's like, again, it's although it's like, like got lots of action and martial arts, it's got it's got a very human story behind it all. And I sound a bit of a pretentious twat by saying that because <laughs> it, it, it's how he's he struggled and to support his family. And to, I mean, you know, say supporting, I'm just kind of like giving them money, actually feeding them, putting food on the table, and you know how he, how he's just again. 
just he's he just kind of like the spirit of Bruce Lee kind of even comes out through this. You know, you just always think about that now that you know that obviously that was his tutor and everything else. It's just incredible. But I'd, yo, I want you guys to tell me what you thought about it. I loved it. I I think we watched it um, at some point last year, and just like you, mate, was like just totally blown away by it. Um, I know there's Hitman Two that we've got still to watch. It's one of those that's on the on the shelf still to watch. And I believe Hitman 3 has been announced um, to make soon as well. Yep. Ramrod, I know you've seen Hitman, haven't you? I'm, so, uh, I'm going to explode. Go on, then. <laughs> I know oh you, you're a big on, fan like, of his, aren't you? It's like Fifty Shades all over again. You're going to explode. <laughs> I'm literally that woman in that cinema right now. <laughs> but my eyes are open. Um... <laughs> Donnie, I mean, Ip Man, yeah, it is. The thing is with Donnie Yen, the good thing about Donnie Yen is he's not sold his soul to Hollywood. Like, it ruined Jet Li, I think. Because, I mean, Donnie Yen, you can go back as far as, like, Iron Monkey and his, like, legacy in, like, martial arts cinema is second to probably Sammo Hung, who is kind of him and Jackie Chan, like, the benchmark. And Sammo Hung, I think he's in Ip Man too. Um... But Donnie Yen for me, and I and I know I've 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 dragged Dave around a few times, going, I've got this fucking <laughs> Donnie Yen movie. You've got you've never seen anything like it. But with a film like it, man, because he's so respectful to his culture, and he like I say, he's not sold his soul to Hollywood. He's been in Blade Two. He was one of the vampires in the Blood Pack. Um, he was in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, it's got a tiny, tiny role in it, and he went back. He went back to his homeland and he's kept making these pictures over there and it was the best thing for Donnie Yen ever because it man is it's just such a brilliantly made film like you say over there they, they know how to shoot their fights the only other guy outside of that is probably like Isaac Florentine who does all Scott Adkins pictures who can shoot fight scenes where you can see what's going on and it's such a key thing with action cinema you know, like they, they, they ruin so many movies. Like Jason Statham's a good technical fighter and all this, but if they cut ten times they cut thirty times in a fight and it's it's shit. It takes away from their technique. But when it shows Donnie Yen and I think I, I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I think there's a little bit of wire work in it, man. Mm. Um you can see it a little bit, but technically he doesn't he doesn't really need it, I don't think. Um I'll recommend to you now, Chris, if you've never seen Donnie Yen movies before, and Dave, you're not going to know what these two are. <laughs> one of them's called Kill Zone, and the other one is Flashpoint. Oh, right? and God, yeah. Jesus Christ, mate, they've got full contact fight scenes in them. And Donnie Yen's stunt team, they take an absolute pasting in these films. But only maybe the raid, where you've seen fights that well choreographed and realistic, but I mean, Flashpoint's got a fight scene that lasts the last, <laughs> I think, maybe 20 minutes of the film. Oh, my God. It's fucking amazing. I remember it's... the first time that you showed me that and how many times since then have me and you sat and watched just that fight scene. Yeah, because you, there's nothing else in cinema. Until they, you know, Gareth Evans brought out the raid, you, you did not have this outside of, like, Hong Kong cinema. You know, and things like It Man and It Man 2, and I can't wait to see this third one. I think it's coming out this year. You know, more, more, more. Keep making these movies and keep Donnie Yen there. 
doing these films, respecting you know his homeland where he's come from, his 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 martial arts. It, there's nothing he can't do. But um, what's the other one I've seen? Kiln Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fight scene in that where. There's this guy who's got like he's like a knife fighter, and Donnie Yen fights him in this alleyway. And again, I don't think the camera cuts for this hand-to-hand it fight. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. He is the best, the best. And even I, I went about Scott Atkins, and I said to him, I said, you know, in my opinion, like there's you, and there's only Donnie Yen at the moment. And I said, what, what, what's your opinion of him? He goes, he's the, he's the greatest. He really is. Mm. He's terrifying when you watch what he's capable of. If you knock that fucking guy's pint over, <laughs> oh my god, you would get killed for the rest of your days by him because he, he's brutal. But um, yeah, man, oh, you can tell I love him, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look but at yeah. his cinematography as well. He's so prolific. I mean, he has two, three movies out a year sometimes. It's mental. How hard the guy must work. You know, it's crazy. And he's not a young guy anymore. You know, he's he's been doing this for a long time. You go back to his first movies, and they are old shit, some of them now. But they're legendary. You know, I think it was uh, the Hong Kong Legends label on DVD released a lot of his earlier stuff. Um, but wh- where he really comes into his own, obviously, with It Man, because it's such a big movie for him, especially overseas. And not really many people know about him. And they don't know about the story of Bruce Lee and how he got trained and all this. Everybody just goes, oh, Bruce Lee. But, you know, everybody learns something from someone. Mm. And I'm a big Bruce Lee fan as well. You know, I've got I've got his philosophy tattooed on me. I, I love this stuff. Mm. But it's, it's, it's an important film, it, man. And it's a good place to start with Donnie Yen. Really good place to start. Um I'm waffling on now, Dave. Cut me off, for God's sake. <laughs> it is <laughs> going Donnie just... mad here. I was just looking at how old he is. He's he's two years and two days older than me. So he's 112. I know. It's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it, that he can Whoa. still do what he does at that age. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kill Zone and Flashpoint are, uh, are not even really old, are they? I mean, the man's physique, you know, like Jackie Chan, they, they are what they do. It's not a job for him. It's not like... Van Damme, who just turns up and does a scene, and his stunt double takes over. Yeah, Donnie Yen lives this thing. Oh, yeah. you know, and it's it's so precious that these guys stay as maybe not you know not as secrets because you know I want people to see these movies, and it's good that you know you, you've been introduced to him now. And please go and get your hands on those two movies because you won't believe what you've seen. <laughs> yeah, I've just written them down, so uh, I'm already looking into them definitely. Oh, yeah. They are brutal, yeah. and it, yeah, I mean, if your good lady enjoyed the fight scenes and that, oof, she'll enjoy these fight scenes. <laughs> they are oh, brutal. There, yeah, you, you'll love them, Chris. Definitely, you will. We uh, could, uh, we could. Sorry, Dave. I was just going to say we could. Uh, I, I spoke to um, you know Danny John Jewell's cat from Red Dwarf. Yeah, and um, he was at the Comic Con a couple of years ago, and because he was in Blade Two, and he was in the Blood Pack with. Donnie Yen and I remember asking him about Donnie Yen and um, he said no, he, he, nobody hardly spoke to him he said because he couldn't speak a fucking word of English oh my god he said it was a real shame because everybody was in awe of him even Wesley Snipes was in awe of him but he couldn't hardly speak any English and it's sad like that's bad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, I was like, everybody got, he's got a story about Donnie Yen, you know, the six degrees of separation have gone out the window, but no. Mm. No, poor Donnie Yen, he packed his bag and he went home. Oh, no. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Yen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I've, I've got a story now. Uh, 50, Fifty Shades of Hawking is the film I want to talk about. Um, and just to put this into context, um, I used to watch 25 to 30 films um, a month. But over the last like six to seven months, it's really gone down to four or five a month maximum. <laughs> so I'm really sort of picking what films I watch when I get a chance to watch a film. And just the other week, I watched The Theory of Everything. Now, have you seen this, Ramrod? I'm not sure if you have or not. Do you know what? I'm sorry, but I I'm not. I'm not interested in it. <gasps> I, I feel really bad because I feel like I should. You should. But I just looked at. Uh, I don't want to say something really bad here, but when I <laughs> when's that ever stopped you? Come on. I know. I just looked at the whole story, and you know, I do like a true story, but I like my. True stories about broken men with drink problems, womanising issues, you know, maybe a criminal record. Stephen Hawkins, I, you know, for all the great man he is, I can't relate to the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it turns out that this film, he's like bad lieutenant in a wheelchair. <laughs> or Ip Man, and he starts suddenly leaping out of his wheelchair and kicking ass. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to... I don't know. Sell it to me, Dave. I will. I will sell it to you. Chris, have you seen this one before oh, I, I begin? I, don't, I rarely get a chance to go to the cinema these days, which is unfortunate. But um, it is one that I will watch at some stage in my life. I think I'm kind of... I've got a bit more interest than yourself, Ram Rob, but I'm not like, raring to go. It's like as yeah. soon as it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, I've got to watch it, you know. But I, obviously, it's it's so highly regarded in terms of it is. I mean, it, and it's, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's got loads of Oscar buzz around it, hasn't it? Which, you know... It, these sort of true stories I'm probably going to be politically incorrect saying this but it seems to be if you want some Oscar buzz you sort of portray a character that's either disabled or has some mental <laughs> problems or something like that <laughs> but it's, yeah you're right I mean brilliant it's, mind yeah, and, it's um, true though isn't it yeah, you know? I always think of that scene in Tropical Thunder oh where are you going to say that is I mean, never I, go full retard <laughs> I, have say, I wasn't a huge fan of Tropic Thunder, but that was a brilliant scene. That yeah, was so funny. And it, it's probably true. It, it is. Not... It is true. <laughs> but this, I mean, I like I like documentaries, and the uh, the director of this, um, James Marsh, he directed Man on Wire, which is a fantastic documentary. If you've never seen that, that's one I recommend as well. It is, um, and it's about I think oh, about the guy in the seventies that worked oh, yeah. on the wire awesome. between. Oh yeah, it's an absolutely amazing documentary. Um, he obviously you know, he's the, the director of this, and it's the story of Stephen Hawking. If you don't know who Stephen Hawking is, I'm not going to explain it. You just Google. You should know. Surely everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is. Well, he's um, been on the fucking Simpsons, for Christ's sake. Well, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is, I mean, I like I like films that are true stories, and this, uh, it's kind of heartbreaking at times. I mean, you see him, it, it begins when he's at you know, university, and you see him, you know, he's cycling, and he's having a race on his bike with his mate, and, you know, he's obviously got full control of all of his limbs. And then it slowly begins this, sad slow descent into when he ends up in this wheelchair um but the main thing of it i mean it's an absolutely incredible performance by eddie redmayne playing stephen Hawking. the way he portrays the guy from a young man at university who can walk and 
talk easily through to being an, an older man who can't speak and has lost control of all his limbs and is you know confined to this wheelchair it's absolutely incredible and there's certain scenes in it I, I mean i never knew i don't know about you two guys i'm going to ask you both now did you know that stephen hawking had three kids no Ramrod? Uh, uh, how? Exactly. I never <laughs> knew this. He had the kids, right, after he started being, how should I explain, like, nicely, in with, within the wheelchair and that. Wow. Um, yeah. And there's the, the one thing that shines through is Stephen Hawking, his, his sense of humour. And now I've seen a few interviews with him, um be online or live on the television and so on and he has got a great sense of humor and this really does shine through in this um i, I guess in that situation you need a good sense of humor uh, but there's one scene where a, a mate of his um is literally he's got him in his arms and he's carrying him up these steps and i think at this point he's Stephen Hawking has got two kids um and his mate asks him he said oh it's like it's so you know everything sort of still works you know and you can have sex so Stephen Hawking like smiles and yeah yeah everything and the, his mate makes some great remark and it's something of the light you know along the lines of well yeah that's typical of a man you know you know you might be paralyzed but your dick still works you know it's that's so male isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but um the little quips the little comments that come out are just heartwarming actually but there's bits in it that really tug at your heartstrings there's one scene in particular that really got to me and i think it's um the actual time in the film he's got two kids and his is and there's a dinner party going on at Stephen Hawking's home and he tries he leaves the dinner party and he's trying to get upstairs and at this point he's still got the use of his arms uh, but not his legs and he's like pushing himself in his arms to try and get upstairs and his little one of his little boys is at the top of the stairs and there's the, the child gate at the top and the kid's crying out and he's like pushing himself up and then he he just can't push himself up any further and he's just lying there like just a husk of a man staring up at his you know his little boy crying for him and he can't move and he's going oh for fuck's sake this is just like so bad and it's one of those and it's like oh no <laughs> he can really even though you know luckily we've still got the the use of all our limbs um you can still sort of relate to stuff like that and um it's incredible how it goes on what he does a, a lot of it gets to the point where a lot of people would have given up they're gonna oh, fuck this i just want to die you know what's the point but he keeps carrying on um he keeps shagging fair play to him uh, <laughs> now, can i just cut in there dave yes of course you can so he's shagging while he's like full Stephen Hawking, do you know what I mean? Like he's become <laughs> Stephen does. Hawking. There's we know. Yeah. Machine so, yeah, there's a scene. Yeah. there's a scene so, where his. You know wife, what I'm getting to here. Don't I, you? I know. There's a scene where his wife puts him to bed. At this point, they've had. They're in separate beds. They've had to put his bed downstairs, right? So she puts him to bed, and he can't move, apart from his cock. And she just, Handy. yeah, well, you know, if any bit of you is going to move, it may as well be that bit. And yeah. then she just, like, straddles him and has a good ride and, hello, kid number three. Wow. <laughs> and then, right, then they get, like, a nanny. They get this nanny and um, 
He doesn't shagger as well, does he? Yes, he does. Wow! He's like, he's yeah. like the Benny which... Hill. Fucking... <laughs> which is, it's <laughs> true though. Yeah, it's why. I mean, spoilers ahead, guys. But um, and anybody listening to this, of course, um, his him and his wife split up, and he he shags um, his nanny. And by what? all account, by all accounts, now I haven't gone deep into this, but it's something that I should really look into. Apparently, he's, he was. Maybe still is, for all I know, a bit of a Lothario, and wi- women quite like the Hawkins <laughs> witch inside of them. Fucking <laughs> hell! Do they think he's going to give them some amazing intelligence or something? <laughs> That's it. He's like a saint or something. Yeah. I mean, I was single for a long time, and I couldn't get a fucking date for love nor money. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I was just going to say, do you know the depressing thing is that he sh- probably shag more women than I have. <laughs> There's there it is right there. You I'm need... so pissed off. Oh, you should have gotten a wheelchair, Chris. That was the secret. Oh, <laughs> how, 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 right? How does he pull the nanny? I've got to know now. He, and I don't uh, want to wait for the fucking film now. He flops his cock out. <laughs> is, he like a, is it like a baby's arm or something? <laughs> <laughs> how is he pulling these women? I get the wife thing because she like, feels sorry for him yeah. and she loves him and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean... But women are like that. They're sentimental. But the nanny? Yeah. It's, is she it's, hot? Well, in the film she is. If that's a true depiction of how she looked in real life, well, then fair enough, you know. But Does he give it all that, come here, baby, get on my baby's <laughs> arm, and all that? <laughs> Can you imagine him? <laughs> Does he? He's typing it into the little, <laughs> into the little machine on his, on his, um, on his wheelchair. <laughs> He's got, got to he's, watch it, you know. He's got a hotkey for suck my cock, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Little emoticons going up. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man, I'm blown away by that. See, I didn't uh, know that. Ramrod, you're missing a trick here. You know, you said that you could write, uh, or your version of Fifty Shades of Grey would be something a bit sort of like disturbing. Here you go, you've got some inspiration now. It'd be like Monkey Shines meets fucking <laughs> Basic Instinct. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am honest, and on all truth, if this is what the real guy did, because obviously he's a fucking hero to millions, isn't he, and good for him. Yeah. Now I know that he's a bit of a Lothario, like I said at the beginning. I'm interested in him it's, now. Uh, honestly, mate, um, knowing you as I, as I do, you would enjoy this film. It's, it is yeah. a cracking film. It, it far exceeded my expectations. I'm down for that now. I want to see him pong this nanny. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him get it on. You will do. Right, okay, before we move on to whatever subject, is there any more movie talk that we've got for tonight? I've got one little tiny one. Get your tiny Ooh. one out then. I'm going to get my <laughs> tiny one out. It's tiny, but it's pretty fucking big in my world and many other sci-fi geeks' world. It's today the announcement was dropped on Neil Bloomkamp's Instagram account. Oh, yes. Did you all see this shit? Oh, fuck yes. My next movie looks like it's going to be Alien. <gasps> and I went, oh my God, yes. I mean, as we've, we've talked about him before, we talked about Elysium District 9, the fact that he's put these ideas out there. The only problem I've got is I've since read that Ridley Scott's going to make Prometheus 2, yes. and it's going to be a continuation of that world, which I'm a bit like, oh, do we have to? Can mm-hmm. it just be Sigourney Weaver? shooting aliens again and everybody's happy but the fact that he's behind the next alien movie is a big deal mm-hmm. i'm very happy with that announcement today yeah especially looking at the um 
the concept art that he's put online as well looks really fucking good. Yeah, he's he's the man to like like JJ Abrams with Star Wars. I went few, you know, safe hands. Him with Alien, no question. He's the man. I think if they were ever going to make like a live action movie of Akira, I think he would be the man to make it. He's he's the man to do it. Just make it in space and violent. Yes. <laughs> make it creepy. So that that was my last little thing. I just wanted to nice. put that in there because I was I got an alien tattoo only a week ago. You did. You got an alien three tattoo. Yeah, I got a little dog alien with a game over. Yeah. Nice. Above it. So uh, yeah, my love is is deep for aliens. So <laughs> it's happy times. Right, Chris. Over to you. How how do you want to take this now, mate? What do you want to talk about? Well, okay. So um, seeing as you mentioned the documentary mm-hmm. um in man on wire i th- thought well it's it what is it serendipity is is that a, that the word it's just a good fortune if you like that i've got a documentary that i want to talk to you guys about and share with everybody because yes. it's freaking awesome and it kind of uh it encompasses one of my other passions which is video games um and i know when people say documentaries there's a tendency that people will just sort of immediately just shut down because it's like oh god it's going to be some kind of boring thing that it's just you know because I'll, I'll be perfectly honest i'm not one that seeks out documentaries oh, i do I really do, yeah i do oh. like them when when i watch them but i'm not like i have to watch that documentary i have to watch you know I, I, behind the scenes and stuff like that making of movies yeah. i love all that kind of stuff but not documentaries as a whole if be- you like before you go on then have you seen the king of kong no, but I know. Oh! Did <laughs> <laughs> you just shit. have a Fifty Shades moment then? No, I'm sorry, I'm just watching it on my phone. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, King Kong. It, oh, Chris, right? Knowing you and video games, um, I mean, I love, I absolutely love documentaries, and um, the King of Kong. If if you've any interest in video games whatsoever. You have to watch that. You have to watch it. It's incredible. I will. I definitely will. I, I mean, kind of like the, some of the documentaries that come to mind, um, which I don't, no doubt that you've seen all of the ones I'm going to mention. Um, Anvil, which oh, I love that. Yeah. Thought Anvil was superb. Um, and it's usually when, like uh, when people obviously go on about them, I will go out and watch them if you'd like. But um, Supersize Me, obviously. Yes. That was huge. Um, yeah. And again, you could argue it's a bit gimmicky, but, you know. Obviously, they eating the McDonald's for thirty days, but I think the message behind it was uh, was good, um, and it essentially taught me that Americans are fat bastards. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, then there's Inside Job, um, which is all about the um, the crash, uh, sort of like the, the financial crash Ooh, and everything. I haven't else. seen that one. That was yeah. It's narrated by uh, Matt Damon. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll uh, make a note with that now then. Nice in one. 2010. He's good. Very interesting. You know, kind of links back to... I think you, you uh, if you haven't seen that, Ramrod, you'd probably like it as well because it mm. sort of like goes into sort of like the whole... There's the, They touch on this, the whole Wolf of Wall Street sort of aspect of things, you know, and kind of like dealing money where there's no money and it's all based on just numbers and everything else and it's just all kind of figures floating through the air and it's not actually real stuff and tracks it back to Iceland and all that. So, you know, it it, it is... You know, pretty fascinating. Really, is it's it's very good. Um, the the imposter. Um, oh, it's marvelous. Mm. That, oh God, yeah, that's a great one. From 2012 is absolutely chilling. I mean, I watched it. I was 
I was so fascinated by it because, you, you know, you, with documentaries, obviously, they're, they're, a lot of them are based on facts and, and everything. And, and people may be shut off because they think, oh, it's not a movie, so it's not as good to be exciting. And most people want to go out and watch Fifty Shades of Grey or fucking Transformers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you actually do sit down and watch like documentaries i think again the imposter was one of those where you just couldn't believe that it was real because it's it it is kind of like a plot from a movie but it's incredible incredibly good you know and and chilling you know really sort of like had a really scary vibe to it like kind of like seven or something like that just just couldn't believe it watching it um and then obviously the ones that jake west's done um video nasties draconian days and um the moral panic one which again has a close of like um close to my heart because of obviously linked to vhs and yeah. you know being a kid of the 80s and all that kind of stuff i found that fascinating really interesting stuff but this one um i watched recently and it's called from bedrooms to billions and this tells the story of um how the video games industry started essentially and how its roots are run deep to this country and and how um, way back when, uh, 1979 and onwards into the early 80s, there there was no such things as like game down the high street. You know, you couldn't go to a shop and buy video games and this is how bedroom programmers all came about. And essentially if you wanted to make a game or if you had an idea for a game, um, or sorry, if you want to play a, play a game, you went out and you made it yourself. Mm. And then fairs started up, and you'd take games and you'd like set up a little stall, uh, a bit of like a car boot, I guess. You know, you'd set up a little stall, and then people come and you'd sell your games. And it is two and a half hours long, but that two and a half hours just flew by. And it is such a well-made documentary. And it is, like I said, so close to my heart when I watched it because it's all about video games and it's all about the sort of video games that I used to play as a kid and all the systems that I used to play on, sort of like the Spectrum and how, you know, all of that just kind of went crazy. And it talks to a lot of the publishers, the developers, the people who made the games, you know, and, and they were pioneers i mean they say in the documentary they were pioneers because there was nothing like this about they were sort of blazing a trail in terms of um getting these games made and how they made them now you know you know i'm not a technical person particularly but these systems that they were making them on you wouldn't even send an email the size of what they (laughs) they made these fucking games on And, and and it is so fascinating and entertaining and I can't, you know, I felt so many different emotions watching this, sort of nostalgia, sort of, you know, um, uh, just, uh, I can't say how good it is really, I can't put it into words, I mean it's, um, it came from a Kickstarter essentially, I think it started life within, um, is it Indiegogo? I'm not yeah. really into all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it got a, a Kickstarter. It was, and they and it originally just wanted £18,000 to help get, you know, add extra bits and pieces. Because I think way back uh, in the sort of like mid-2000s, they wanted to do it as a, um, a TV show, like a three-part TV show. But the weird thing is, you know, nobody was interested in making sort of like funding it or commissioning it or putting it together. You know, and if you think that the video games industry is bigger than any other entertainment industry oh, God, yeah it's bigger than hollywood isn't it it is 
so bizarre to think that nobody would be interested. I mean, there was that um, program on Channel Four last year that Charlie Brooker hosted, which was I thought was fantastic. Oh yeah, and, and I'd, there's one at the moment. I think I mentioned it before. Video Game Nation. It's on for yeah. 25 minutes on Channel Challenge TV, and it treats gamers as grown-ups you know it's sort of like it, it doesn't patronize them it doesn't treat them as like just little kids and it's a well-made piece and it's you know respected uh, journalists and you know people in the games industry sort of like working on it but this raised i think sixty thousand pounds you know they, they were looking for 18 and this tell that tells you something about the passion sort of behind the people that wanted to get it done and i know kickstarters can be a bit of a minefield but um, this is made by Anthony and Nicola Caulfield, and honestly, if you can seek it out, it is just, I think it's on general sale now, you can get it from different places like Funstock or whatever, but there's loads of different versions, um, you can get a digital download, you can buy a Blu-ray, the DVD, but it's one of the best, I think, that you, if you've got any interest whatsoever, particularly for younger folk, I mean, I'm an old fucker, you know, <laughs> and, well, obviously not as old as Dave, but, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm 38. I've been playing video games probably for 35 years of my life. Um, as soon as I could pick up a controller, I mean, you know, I learned to type on a spectrum. That's what I can kind of touch type now. I don't, you know, and that's, I, I learned to type on a spectrum. I, you know, putting a tape in a tape deck, loading it up, playing a game, just using your imagination. And we're, this is something else that I talked about recently on the same coin. You know, we are so spoilt these days and we moan about everything that we can in terms of video games it's not got good enough graphics it's not got a brilliant gameplay it's not the best thing ever because we've played a million games like it before but this just kind of reminds you of the days where you actually had to use your imagination to sort of like picture a spaceship or picture something and i miss those days i do and and i think I'm going off on one a little bit, but and social media has got something to do with all that, you know. Kind of take the ed- takes the edge off things sometimes. I mentioned it last time we we spoke, you know, when Sony went down at, over Christmas, you know, and it, it's just it's it's so in your face these days, and it, I, you know. But honestly, please go, go and watch it because it is superb. It, it's a brilliant documentary. I I can't wait to watch this. I know um, you sort of teased it on the last Same Coin episode um, that I listened to, and I'm so glad that you've elaborated on it now because this this was not on right on my radar, mate. I I hadn't heard about it. I'd got no idea about this documentary. So you know, as soon as you mentioned it on that, and then you've you know you've said more on this now, I've just got to watch it. Ramrod, we've got to sit and yeah. watch that one night, mate. Definitely. It sounds it sounds awesome. I mean, we're like we're, we're similar in the way that we like grew up. I mean, we've we've all grown up with games. Doesn't matter how old we are, I suppose, because we were there before there were games. I mean, when I was a kid, it was just like Atari two thousand six hundreds, you know. And as Dave, you you yeah. still had a whip and a fucking stick going yeah. down the street, didn't you? You know, it, it was a stick and a hoop. That was it. That was it. The stick yeah. and the hoop, you yeah. lad. <laughs> I mean, it it sounds like we watched a documentary not long ago about VHS collectors and it was some guy going around in the first two minutes going around like a car boot sale or something looking for, you know, you know, classic old games. And we've got this great car boot sale by us every summer. We go there and there's this guy that's there every fucking summer and he's got this sun-bleached display because he's had it for so long with a Mega Drive and NES and all this on it. And I always walk past it and go, I'm just going to buy it this year. I'm just going to buy it. I want it. <laughs> Because it's right, though, when you grow up through all that, and I remember sitting there for the best part of a day while this tape fucking loaded up again, and it went, 
around like this for ages and you'd be like jesus christ is it ever going to end but the reward you got at the end was this beautiful rpg where it didn't really show you anything but it told you everything yeah you know it's like reading a book i suppose you say when it's like a lost art of you know, using your imagination with video games. Like, not you know, people read, again, Fifty Shades of Grey and shit like that, and they won't pick up fucking Moby Dick or something and read it and use their imagination a bit. I can't wait to watch it. It sounds like this this lovely, warm feeling I've got about yeah. things now, you know. And I'm I'm still stuck on this dream that... And I want it to just be a dream. I don't want to go and buy a, a Super Nintendo again because I know when I buy it and I plug it into my plasma screen, I'm going to put Zombies Ate My Neighbours on and I'm going to play it and I'm going to love it, but it's not going to be as good as the <laughs> the thought of playing it again. Yeah. You know, it sounds marvellous. I love stuff like this. It sounds great. I can't wait. Please get it, Dave, so we can watch it. I will do. I think um, one of the first things I'll do after we finish recording tonight is that I'm going to order this. Oh. I'm going to order this. And then, obviously, we'll put a review up. And, um, yeah, it'll be good. All That's good. awesome. Yeah. Uh, just to um, sort of uh, quell your, your worries about that, uh, Rambrod, Zombies Like My Neighbours is still a fucking awesome game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt. That's one of the good things. And we'll do a bit of cross-podcast plug-in here. I know uh, the same coin, obviously, that's always on my podcast listening. You do like a regular um, retro gaming show mm. now, don't you? That's right. Um, the last one was Chucky Egg and Die Hard Trilogy. That's right. Mm. Oh, love Die Hard Trilogy. Yes. What a game. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you like your video games, there you go. The same coin. Yeah. You'll you'll hear more of the dulcet tones of Mr. Chris Jellyman. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy tones. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very nice. I've, um, seen, I've, seen, um, I've seen a couple of um, old uh, video games... Uh, I was playing them the other day, uh, like on an emulator. That's the word I'm thinking of, on an yes. emulator. Yeah. And it was um, eSWAT. I think oh, that was the name that? of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. On the on the Mega Drive. Yeah. Tough game. Tough game, but fuck me. I, I just love playing these old games. I've got a right hook on them at the moment. Yeah. I don't want to play new games. I want to play challenging old games. What was the game we played two players day for a while? It was a platformer. Rayman, what? wasn't it? Oh god, yeah, yeah, Rayman, Ray, Rayman Legends, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, fucking, yeah. What, what great fun that was! And it's yeah. a simple platforming game that you've played a million times in a million different versions, but it still felt as enjoyable as Call of Duty. I'll never not love playing older games. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I get drawn back so much. It's because I'm getting old now and fucked up. So I'm, I'm looking for old VHSs of porn because it's just too high def now. <laughs> I want it to look more ratty and weird. You want the the bit where it's paused? You sort of like the little scratch tracker yeah, mark. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, uh, I mean, I wanted I wanted to jump in with a tiny little bit of segue from you talking about retro gaming. Yeah. Just before you, you we go any further, Crossy fucking road. Oh. oh, Jesus! Now, wet. I, I, I don't regret the day I mentioned Crossy <laughs> Road to you, but in a way I do because it's one of those sort of high-score chase games, mm. and you know if there's people on your friends list that have got it as well. Now, I, I, I got it, and I heard it um, originally through a podcast called Midlife Gamer, which is another, you know, another podcast recommendation that. If, nobody's ever heard that 
And so I thought, well, I'll download it. And it's like, I thought at first, oh, you know, I likened it to like Flappy Bird. Now, I downloaded Flappy Bird for 10 minutes, tried it, was absolutely shit at it, <laughs> and then deleted it. And then you do, you get you get sort of mobile games, which seem to be, you know, the in thing of, well, probably like the last 18 months or so, if not more. Um, and there's this peaks and troughs of what happens within the mobile gaming world um, and Facebook gaming world, you know, like Farmville being one example. And I thought, I, I discounted Crossy Road as one of those. Oh, I couldn't give a shit about that. It's one of those, you know. I don't I don't know why, but it was after listening to Midlife Gamer, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to download it. I'll just try it. And it is, it's, it's like an isometric frogger, but instead of it just being a frog, you get different characters and you can unlock characters. And it's one of those that has got microtransactions, but it's one of those rare mobile games with microtransactions that you don't need to spend money. You really don't. If you've got any patience, you don't need to spend a penny. Um, and you keep playing it. So then I told you about it. <laughs> oh, then you then you told your good lady about it, and then it it's escalated into, into this insane high score chase of where we like grab screenshots, going, "I've got this score," <laughs> and then every, everybody else is going, "You bastard!" <laughs> and then well, until, it, until somebody it was else good. beats it. Yeah, but it was good for five minutes while we were competitive, while we were on getting like oh, yeah. ninety or a hundred or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. But she's lost her fucking mind on it now. It's nearly, it's driven a wedge between us. Some nights we've sat there and not spoken because she is just going quiet, quiet, quiet. And then fuck really loud like that. And I'm going, what's wrong with you now? And she's like, shit, I've just, I nearly got a million or something. Now her latest high score is something like 346. Now she's, she's actually got to the point, right? Cause you know, when you get like unlockables on games and you have to do a certain thing to unlock a certain thing, I'm yeah. normally pretty shit at doing that on, on mainstream games, but she's actually that deep into this game. Now it's like her Skyrim. She's found that if you use a certain character and do get a certain score with it or find a certain point on the map where there's a Christmas tree or something like that, you unlock something else secret. Get this. She texts me the other day a picture of what looks like Dave Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China. I said, what the fuck's that? She go, I used the Chinese chicken or whatever it was and I got a score of over such such a number and I unlocked this guy and I went, oh, she's fucking, she's gone mad with it. She's insanely good at it. She could fly drones over Iraq now, I think, <laughs> and do bombing missions with her phone if they gave it that because, I mean, I love, love playing it but fuck me it's so frustrating because it's it's got this weird little addictive thing going it's got this little bit of heroin to it where i just want another go just one more go it's one of those perfect just one more go games it really Uh, is it really is i mean talking about going back to old ways of gaming it's nothing more pure than you touch it once you touch it you touch it that's all you do it's one button i mean how many games were one button you know it's the purest form of video gaming and it it, people probably might think it's shit and hate it but like you say if you're talking about a frogger type game it, it it's i think it's a work of genius it is and i know you you chris obviously with being on the same coin and you get a lot more feedback about video games than you know both myself and ramrod do but it's 
I mean, you've talked about it on the same coin as well. It's it it does boil everything boils down to gameplay. Now I know a lot of mobile games get an absolute shitload of shit. You know, it and there's a long way to go on mobile games. But there's something about this. I know you play it as well, so what are your thoughts on this? I'm totally not playing it now at all. <laughs> are you not? Have you, have you weaned you yourself not. off it? I not? promise. I promise. Oh, bollocks. Has <laughs> 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 oh, it got 120? Shit. Oh. Um, no. 180 is my top, by the way. That's that. See, I thought I'd do something similar to you, because, like... Um, I will play and I'll play, you know, and I'll get frustrated with it. Wasn't there? And then, but I thought if I give it my wife to play, because she doesn't play video games at all generally, but then there's the odd one that will capture her imagination. I thought if I give this to her, she'll get a really fucking high score for me and I can pretend that I've got it. But she's <laughs> shitter than I am. So, uh, no, you're absolutely right, Dave. I mean, you can have the f- a most amazing graphics in the world, but if the game isn't fun to play well what's the point and um i'm not even gonna go down (laughs) the the road of talking about the order because uh, as of recording that's out tomorrow on the 20th of february and and i i am gonna be there i'm gonna queue up i'll well not queue up because i don't have to queue for it i'll be there nine o'clock and i'll be playing the shit out of that game because i've been looking forward to it Mm. but there's been a lot of criticism about it looking amazing but not being a particularly um, good game to play but I'll find out for myself tomorrow rather than listening to dickheads on the internet that's but, the thing though isn't it you've got to make your own mind up about yeah. things like this and so but you're absolutely right you know it comes down to um, simple mechanics a lot of the time and um, people can be snobby we've said this before about games and films and stuff like that and instantly think oh my god it's on an iphone or it's on an android device so you what you only tap one button it's a baby's toy you know always think about that thing from back to the future oh it's, yeah. a, ba- it's a baby's toy but you know and, and those are the purest forms of uh, fun that you can have sometimes you, you don't need to have don't get me wrong there's a, there's a place for it and i love it in equal measure but with stuff like this it's just fun. You know, yes. there's nothing wrong with that. And Surely... fuck anyone who says anything. <laughs> that, that's got to be the bottom line of video games, though. If it's fun and you enjoy it, that's it. Yeah. Don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Just, you know, enjoy what you're playing. Yeah, think for yourself. Yes. Don't listen to what reviewers tell you or the internet tells you. Think for yourself. <laughs> that's my <laughs> pearl of wisdom. Love it. Yes. Um, Don't apply it to everyday life, though, because if you just think, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do, you'll end up <laughs> in a room, probably so, in jail. Yeah, if you've got a job, you'll be sacked, and then it'll, yeah. it'll just spiral down from there. It's never worked well for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some video game talk. It was mostly, you know, I talked about one movie, the the majority of what I wanted to touch on um, this episode was video games. And this is a game that we've um, talked about in previous uh, entertainment episodes, Far Cry 4. I've completed it now. <gasps> I've completed it, yes. Well done, Dave. Thank you. Um, it's one... Um, having had a PS4, this is still graphically... And Again, we've just talked about gameplay and everything. Graphics don't mean everything. But graphically, this is the main one that's blown me away and still continues to. It. It's put me in an environment and a world... That I'm just lost in. I'm, I just find myself doing stuff, um, getting into a gyrocopter and going and flying by trees, and they move just because they move. And I think it's fun, and it go, and I can go. Oh, look, the trees are moving. Um, but 
I'm not, I've never been um, like a gamer score whore on the Xbox or a trophy hunter on the Sony systems. This is the very first game, in all honesty, where it's made me go, I want to do everything that you can do in this game. I want to, I want to platinum this game. You know, I've got it on the PS4. Um, and luckily, Tatsun, Chris, one of your... Is, uh, Pete... Is that the same? Pete, yes, yeah. Pete, one of your one of your fishy pricks from <laughs> people that listen to the same coin will know what that I'm talking about. People that don't will go, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, he's he's kindly offered to um, help me on the online um, trophies for this game. I don't need too many of them actually. I've been doing stuff. It's one of those games, right? So I finished the main story, so I could leave it now. You know, I could just leave it. But I'm determined to like. Not only get all the trophies, I'm determined to 100% it. I want to get all the loot boxes. I want to... Um, I've got one Shangri-La um, mission to do. I've got oh, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's just a world that has fascinated me. So um, I, will keep, I will keep listeners updated on this because I really do want to... Do everything that you can do within Far Cry 4. I've even got the season pass, mate. How about that? Have you have you got it, Chris? Because I know you're one for for certain season passes, but I don't know if you've got this one or not. That's true, yeah. I mean, if, I'll probably get it when it's cheap. I mean, to be honest, I feel exactly the same way about you about this game. I, I would I would be playing it now, you know, if, if uh, I wasn't doing a gaming podcast because, you know, I'd imagine that people get pissed off with me talking about Far Cry 4 every week. <laughs> and, and there's that pressure when you do a, a, yeah, a, a video course. game show. Yeah. It's like you kind of have to feel like you have to talk about something different i guess some of the time so but um it is it's one that took me by surprise blew me away and um i know we haven't got together to have a game but again it's just down to time and everything else but um it's phenomenal it really is and in co-op it is as much fun it's you know it's even more fun i think i'd say really i've never tried co-op i've jumped into a few um of the online modes, but just with randoms. I haven't tried any of those, but the co-op is something else. There's nothing... I said to you last time, well, a couple of episodes ago when I spoke, spoke about it, there's nothing more fun than, you know, one of you's flying a helicopter, the other one sort of like grappling hook on it, swinging through the trees, shooting rhinos as you're flying <laughs> along, and then going to an encampment or a, a base that you have to take out, which is sort of like the, the boss battles, I guess, of this game. One of you sort of like on a hill somewhere spotting bad guys while the other one sneaks around with your bow and arrow taking them out it's fuck or you can just get on the back of an elephant one of you smashes through the doors um while the other one lobs grenades over the wall you know you can and that's the beauty of this game it, it you can just tackle it how you want to you know you can oh, yeah. be quiet or you can be loud and um it's yeah, I mean, we've spoken about it, for, what, three episodes or three times we've done this? We have done, yeah, definitely. So yeah. that tells you something, doesn't yeah, it? Oh, God, yeah, that it's, we're still talking about it. And I think, am I right in saying, Ramrod, you've played it on the 360? No, I didn't give a shit about no, it. No, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked up, I, do you know what, I went to pick it up and I couldn't afford it, so I bought Far Cry 3 instead. <laughs> um, which, you know, I, I think talking to people that have played them both you know there's some prefer three there's you know there's obviously improvements in the fourth one but yeah i my fucking problem is i haven't got commitment time and even though i i loved starting off playing far cry 3 thinking that i just need to get into it i just need to sit down and i can get into it as deep as you all can get into it mm. but 
I, do you know what I did, Dave? Do you know what I did? I'd sold the fucking thing. Oh. I sold it and I bought beer with the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something you've got commitment to. <laughs> I, I sold it and I, wa- I went up on the mount by me that night and I hid in a tree all night and I waited for somebody to come past walking a dog and I jumped him, Dave. I jumped him. <laughs> And I went, far cry, motherfucker. Far cry. You tried to find an elephant to jump onto. And There's just, a like, few women around here that would probably <laughs> cover that base. Like, but I jumped on him and he didn't. He, no. did, he screamed, he ran. And I thought, oh, no. video games are a bad influence on me. After. <laughs> they are. They it are. was strong Polish beer, though. So <laughs> it's one of them. But no, I, I, I've seen it played. Um, few times now and it's it's magnificent it's it is yeah i mean game. i completed far cry 3 as well um i've played far cry 1 and 2 never completed either quite enjoyed them but didn't have the commitment to them far cry 3 i completed on the 360 obviously mm. it's the latest one i've completed on the on um, the ps4 absolutely superb really superb games and it's it it all boils down to the the world that they put you in and i even though I've completed it, and I'm sure once I've got like the trophies that I want to do, and I've 100%ed it and done all the DLC, it will be one that I'm going to revisit because it's just it's a great world to be in. You can just walk around. There's so much shit that happens constantly that I'll just you know like to walk around in that world and spend you know whatever time I get within it. Um, I've also I've also completed another game. Can you believe that? I know this is you know this is me that barely gets any gaming time, but I've completed. Unfinished Swan. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, um, anybody that listens to this and is into video games, obviously, we will recommend the same coin as well. Game Burst, which um, I'm on record as saying was the first ever podcast that I listened to. Fuck, five years ago now? Something, maybe more? Um, They recently did a replay on Unfinished Swan. Now, I don't know about you, Chris, but all I knew about this game, because I don't look at like loads about gaming online, you know, I prefer to find out for myself, was the first level. So I thought the whole game was, it's, well, for those that don't know, it's like a first person, it's an FPS, but not a first person shooter. I prefer to explain it as a first person splatterer, because you just throw, <laughs> you're throwing paint and splattering it everywhere. But all I'd ever seen was the first level where it's just totally white and you're walking along blind almost until you decide, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to press like, you know, R2, R1, whatever. And you throw this black paint and then it lands. And it, wherever it lands, it slowly reveals this 3D world that you're in. And I thought the whole game was like that. So I eventually get through the first level. Then the next level, oh, shadows appear. And then this new world appears then you're not throwing paint you're throwing water and you're throwing it at vines and these vines are snaking around the 3d world that suddenly appeared then you're playing with light and these like these balloons that are full of light and you have to follow this and then the next stage you're actually creating these 3d blocks that you can jump on and move around and even though the graphics they're not obviously they're not going to blow you away there's nothing it's not like far cry 4 you know they're very simplistic but i'd love to hear your thoughts on this chris this this created a world that i was absolutely immersed in even though it was very simplistic mm. um 
the way that the graphics was were created, the gameplay, and I think a big thing to do with it was the music. You know, it's I don't know about the music. It, it just created this whole atmosphere that I I was quite happy just to wander around in it. And even though I wasn't really progressing with the game, I would go. Mm, I'm going to search and try and find because there's certain points you you need if you're going to like try and 100% the game. You've got to find these balloons. I'm going to have a little wander down this little side alley and look for a balloon and because of the way that it was all set up and the music I was just like totally zoned out with it I mean what do you think about it how how did you find you know your uh, experience of playing this uh, yeah I um I played it uh I think it was last year or the couple, a couple of years ago but on the PS3 when it originally came out and um like you just I loved it I think it was Gary Blower Zantiriad as he's known um I'm from Game Burst who was sort of like selling the virtues of this game and, and I picked it up on, back, on the back of that and again I, I just kind of fell in love with it and for all the reasons you've said and if I can sort of like because when they did their replay show if I can sum up my thoughts on it in 140 yeah. characters <laughs> I, I mean I said to them a, a beautiful elegant story told with unique visuals and gameplay a wonderful experience and that pretty much sums it up to be honest with you I mean that that was what I got from it it's I mean, I know you said that the, the graphics aren't as te- technically as impressive as, say, something like Far Cry. I mean, that's, that goes without saying. But yeah. they are still striking in their own uh, for, in their own merits. You know, there's so um, there's something like you said, hypnotic, or um, you know, just flinging that paint around and seeing this world form around you. Yeah, it, it, there's something about that which uh, just. I mean, it's out now on. PlayStation Vita and PS4, and if you already bought the PS3 version, you get those for free anyway. So I, I, I do, I am tempted to go back. I mean, obviously PS4 is going to be more powerful in in terms of graphics and everything than the PS3, but I can't imagine it's going to make a huge amount of difference in terms of the graphics. Oh, but no, no. it's it's one of those that I think I probably would like to go back to anyway. It's only about two hours long. You know, you can complete it in two hours. There's nothing wrong with a game that lasts that long before anybody says anything. But it's, um, you know. It was. I thought it was beautiful, and it tells quite a melancholy story. It you know? does. Yeah, it's a very touching story. Yeah, it, it superb. I'm glad you've mentioned it because it's one of those games. I know. Again, there's a place for AAA, massive, big budgeted tr- titles, you know, and everything. But these are some of the. I think that the most uh, meaningful experiences I've had with games, some of them anyway, are the the, the likes of the journeys of this world. Oh or, God, yeah you know the unfinished swans that these kind of like i suppose smaller games that would only be released digitally and so um yeah brilliant it is i can't, I can't agree with you more oh thank you what, what was it called again unfinished swan it's Can basically it on it's it's a story it's like i say it's an fps but it sounds lovely. Oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's do you know really what? Beautiful. The way you're talking about it reminds me. Probably maybe a bit unrelated, but do you remember Vib Ribbon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was so. You just drifted away with the music, yeah. and there was not much of a gain to it, but you just kind of went with it, and you just it was like having a, a nice chill out. I mean, you know? that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not one that's into digital download games i'd prefer um much like ben does on the same coin chris i prefer like you know my physical disc 
I mm. want, you know, I'm a I'm a film collector. I want DVDs and VHS and Blu-rays. I want to see stuff. I want to touch it. But you know, games like this and what you likened it to with like you know Journey, um, the likes of Flower, mm. digital only games, and this, in essence, there's not a great deal to them. But it's the whole, you know, when you play it, it's an experience. And, you know, if you let yourself go with it, it's it's just a fantastic experience. Mm. And, um, yeah, Ramrod, if, you know, if mm. you ever, I mean, by all means, come around here. It, it really is, like Chris said, it's a couple of hours long, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe. But it's not... It were. It's not about the length. It's um, <laughs> they tell you, Dave. It's it's about the enjoyment you get from it. As, this as is true. It's applicable to a lot of things in life. Um, it sounds nice. It's nice because I obviously because I'm quite disconnected to the online world because I live in a fucking cave. So <laughs> hearing about these games, it's like I, I'm missing out on so many little yeah, the little things. This, this is absolutely superb. It really sounds is. really nice. It, it sounds right up my street. That. And it's another one of those, like um, with Far Cry, it's one of the four. I'm I'm going to replay it. There's, um, I've not found all the balloons. It's one of those things. And because it's, it's a great world, I want to go back into it. I'm just going to walk through it and try to find all the balloons. I'm going to do all sorts of shit like that. So it's it's worth every penny. Um, yeah, a definite replay. I've just got a couple of more video games I want to talk about before I hand it over to you you two guys and I know you mentioned uh, I think it was in the very first entertainment show we did Chris and you talked about the Wolf Among Us Ooh. Uh, Telltale Games now I've played the first episode of two of their new franchises which is Game of Thrones and Tales from Borderlands now I've enjoyed them both I've not I watched the first series and a half of Game of Thrones on you know TV series gave up on it like I do with all TV series. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what I do. Um, but yeah, the game I enjoyed the game. Obviously, um, I'm not sort of invested in the world as people that watch Game of Thrones do. But I'm enjoying the actual game. Um, Tales from the Borderlands. I played and completed Borderlands One. Uh, I played the start of Borderlands 2. It's a game that I need to um, buy at some point and complete. And I prefer I prefer this one. And they've tried to do something different. And they've put things like you'll press... Um, obviously, I'm playing it on PS4. You press L1. Oh, I forget the name what it does. It does some sort of crazy vision. I don't know, any highlight stuff. So they've tried to add new stuff to it, but... In essence, it doesn't really add a lot to what is basically wandering around and pressing X and doing QTEs. Now, these telltale... I'm I, I hesitant in calling them point-and-click adventures because they're not really point-and-click adventures. They're in danger of wearing a little bit thin with me. Mm. There, I love the stories, and I look at them not as video games. I look at them as an interactive storybook, and they tell an absolutely wonderful story. Um, the Walking Dead, I've completed series one and two, loved both of those. Um, so that's why I dipped into um, this one, Tales from the Borderlands and Game of Thrones. I, I am enjoying them, but because I'm playing both of these side by side, I am kind of worried that this sort of, it might be a bit of a one-trick pony of 
you got any sort of thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's one of those that they've they've been doing these games for a while now, and I kind of look at them as choose your own adventure. I mean, I love those books. I've got every single one of them. You know, I used to love them as a kid. They got me into reading. You know, the sort of like Ian Livingston, Peter Jackson. I love yeah. those books. They're amazing, and they kind of remind me of this. And and I think they struck gold with the walking dead i mean they really did um they'd done games of a similar nature before obviously back to the future being one of them sam and max but uh tales of monkey island but yeah. this was the one which i think really thrust them into the limelight and then uh, they've they've you know obviously done wolf among us which i mean i thought that was amazing that was fantastic but again that's based on the source material and again the, the walking dead it's almost as if the, you said there's a danger of it maybe milking it a little bit too much mm. now and it it also kind of smacks a little bit of to me of what is the biggest license we can get at the moment what is the biggest thing out there game of thrones being one of them so let's do a game of thrones game now i've heard mixed things about this to be honest with you i've heard it's not as good quality whereas the tales of the borderlands or tales from the borderlands i should say Mm. i've heard the opposite i've heard that that's really good it's really funny um but in all honesty i mean i've played borderlands one i've completed it i've played a little bit of borderlands two I've got no interest in Borderlands, so I've just got no interest in this game, even though yeah. I've heard it's really good. Now, I mean, the future, the plans are, is that they're on about doing a Walking Dead, another Walking Dead, Series 3. Um, they're on about doing a Minecraft game. Holy shit. You know, like a, an episodic uh, Minecraft game. I mean, Christ knows what that'll be like. <laughs> but it does, it just feels a little bit of, let's pick a big um, license and then, you know, yeah, knock, knock it out, kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I still haven't finished Walking Dead. <laughs> so. good. I have to admit. I mean, I did, I did enjoy Walking Dead series two more than series one. Hmm. I think there were so many decisions you had to make in series two that w- I was sat there going, "Oh shit, shit! What should I do? What should I do?" And it was it it made um it made me think a lot more than series one. Um, and I think they're slowly honing their craft, but within that, I think because they're doing not only Walking Dead, you know, it's Borderlands and Game of Thrones and all these, they may well be spreading themselves a little bit too thin and putting too much on the consumer and going, well, yeah, I've seen this and I've seen this. So I don't know. I'm on the, fe- I'm still enjoying them, but I'm on the fence and a little bit wary that they, just, it, it might be become overkill for want of anything else. Um, The final thing I wanted to talk about, one more before I hand it over to you two guys. This is one, um, now, I'm a console gamer. I've been a console gamer for, oh, God, all this millennium. I used to be a PC gamer back, like, in the the 90s. Um, But I've been purely, purely console, mostly due to the fact that since 2005, I've not had a PC. I've been Mac. Uh, I used to build my own PCs and all that kind of shit, but I've been, like, you know... Mac for a long time now. Mac isn't known for gaming, if you know, if you're online and doing all that kind of shit. But you know, I've got Steam. A couple of weeks ago, now, this is something I've only had a couple of hours on this, and I'm sure this will resonate with both you, Ramrod, and you, Chris. As far as video games are concerned, if you get a game, you dip your toe into it slightly. And you know instantly, this is going to hook you. You know, you know within. You only have to play it ten minutes, and you go, 
this could be a little bit dangerous, you know. <laughs> I I know this could, this could really reel me in. Unfortunately, I think this could reel me in, and I'm pretty sure the next time we record one of these entertainment shows, I'm going to have a lot more to say about it. But I'll just tease you with it now. Um, and the very fact this is on Steam as well, um, and for the very first time, I've hooked my PS4 controller wirelessly to my iMac. Oh my god, what a revelation this is. I never knew you could do this. I'm used to, you know, from the old school, like PC gaming, mouse and keyboard. But now I've got my PS4 controller hooked to the iMac. Now I'm going to tell you a title now, and you will probably scoff and poo-poo me, as will probably lots of listeners listening to this. So I'll give you the title, and I'll give you just a little tease. Um, the game that I've I've sunk two hours into at the moment is... <laughs> And get ready. Euro Truck Simulator 2. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Euro no. Trucks. Do you yes. like have to stop and pick up prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I shouldn't like it. You just drive. You get a truck and you drive. And I've got a special edition. I got, a, I, I got some CD key from somewhere and it's got like Europe in it and everything. And, um, to cut an exceedingly long story short, of which I will expand upon in the next episode, you start as somebody who doesn't own um, trucks or a firm or anything. You're just like you know a truck driver for hire. And I'm currently dro- I'm currently driving around the UK, and I decide I've done uh, you know I've drove a truck from um, Manchester to Birmingham, then Birmingham to Cardiff, and then Cardiff to London, and I've picked what. Um, I picked what I want in the truck. Now, you don't drive in sort of real time. Um, and to give listeners an example, I, when I the first one that I did was Manchester to um, Birmingham, which you know would take hours. Obviously, I think it took about twenty minutes. Um, but you do you have to abide by like traffic lights and road rules and all of this. But I'm driving along and things are happening. Um, things like okay. Um, I, it suddenly popped up that I'd got a fine because I was breaking the speed limit. Okay, so I have to stick within the speed limit. And then it went, there's a, a day-night cycle and it went dark. I didn't know you had to turn your, your lights on on your truck, your headlights. So I got another fine because I didn't turn my lights on. And then this storm appeared and I thought, oh shit. Oh, I've got windscreen wipers. And then, fo- and then it came daylight again and fog appeared. And I thought, oh, sh- oh, Oh fuck! I've nearly I've nearly ploughed into this line of cars that have stopped at this <laughs> junction because fogs appeared. But apparently, from what I've read up on it, you can. Um, you can I'm still. I'm just. A, you know. I'm a driver for hire. But you can. Um, you can. You can buy your own trucks from that. From buying your own trucks, you can start your own firm, and you can just build up this trucking empire. I know. I'm I'm gonna get addicted to so, this. So I mean hang on a minute. So we're talking <laughs> simulator. Yes. Right? Yes. So we're talking like proper recreated motorways. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like flight simulator. Yes. Not that truck game I had on the Dreamcast. No. No, which was I can't remember the name of it, but you know, know. the one I'm talking about. Big Mother Truckers. That's Big the one. Mother Truckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not so I'm thinking train simulator with a truck. Yes. 
and not killing <laughs> prostitutes. This, no, I haven't found any prostitutes Have yet. you had an egg butty off the, a cafe at the side of the road? I've or? had a ginsters and um, <laughs> a poo at the local service station. And yeah, but apart from that, it's, I know. I, I mean, Dave, this you're the man that commutes two to three hours <laughs> each way to work on a fucking motorway every day and then you come home and play a game of it of driving i know you've it's lost your mind mate it's ridiculous <laughs> but it shows how good it is i know it's one of those that you think i shouldn't like this but there's something it's like i don't know it's like crack i'm sort of slowly getting addicted to it so um yeah. first you kill little animals then That's you it. grab a woman <laughs> you know you put her in your boot it starts small <laughs> If you start getting in a big truck, Dave, and driving around motorways to get your kicks. I know. The... It sounds good, though. It is. It's good. <laughs> and I'm sure um, the next entertainment show we do, I, I will elaborate on it because I will have played it more. But that's, I just thought I'm going to have to get sort of my guilty secret out there now and, mm. and, and prepare both of you and the listeners for it. I need to go on it, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a go, mate. <laughs> just, to be fair, just don't crush, don't crash my truck. Yeah. Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, Dits from the show as well. He's been playing it and he was singing it and singing its praises. So you know, you're not the only one. Oh, well, thank God for you're that. still a, you're still a sad case. <sighs> oh, you twat. Right, that's me done. So uh, yeah, over to you guys. Whatever you want to talk about. Go on, Ramrod. Well, I've I've got one little tiny tiny thing to talk about, and it's a TV show. Um, sorry, Dave, um, but it's um, it was on for about six or I think six episodes last year on BBC, and it was by Arishia Smith and Steve Pemberton behind the League of Gentlemen, and it was called Inside Number Nine. Um, now we most. TV shows, I like to get them all in one go so I can hammer through them. I don't want to wait weekly. But each one of these was its own individual story that they wrote and directed and starred in. As I think they're, you know, some of the best British talent we've had in years, mm-hmm. these guys. And Mark Gatiss as well, obviously, he's gone off to do Sherlock and whatnot. And I think, you know, these, these two guys have made these six episodes of um, very British, can I say, sort of horror thrillers tongue firmly in cheek very funny but also quite disturbing as well um i, I don't know if you've, you've you've you must have seen league of gentlemen obviously over oh, time God, yeah. i don't know if you caught inside number nine anybody i haven't seen this one i'm looking at it now um and it looks like you said right up my street because i, I love those guys in that i think they're superb and um, loved League of Gentlemen, like you said, so black and dark in oh, places, yeah. but wonderful, you know. I wish they'd make, um, I know they did the movie A League of Gentlemen, but I wish they'd make a, a, a big horror movie because it would be awesome. It'd be like Hammer Reborn. Mm. Um, I mean, these episodes, uh, like I say, they're, they're each one's individual story, they, they, they both played several parts with other, some big actors come into it as well. But it's it's basically them... They've done series two right now. I follow uh, Rishi Smith on Twitter and he's just finished doing series two and I'm really excited for it because me and uh, Zoe, my girlfriend, sat and we watched the whole thing in one sitting and each one was different. Each one was disturbing. Um, It reminded me a bit of um, Tales of the Unexpected, maybe, you know, that sort of... it's, It's very British and it's very relatable and it's also very disturbing and funny and you... 
you don't come out of each one going, oh, that was hilarious. You come out of it going, it was really funny, but fucking hell, there's something wrong with them. How do they think this shit up? Um, so I, I just wanted to put a, re- a little recommendation out there because I think it was on and then it disappeared and it's never been repeated. Whether you can get it on iPlayer, probably, but I bought the DVD. Um, obviously, I like Dave, I like things on shelves. But um, Inside Number Nine is excellent. And Dave, if you've, I, I think you're a bit indifferent with the League of Gentlemen, but did yeah. you see any of these? No, I haven't seen those. I've I've watched League of Gentlemen a few times. Oh, I'm gonna get so much shit for this. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've never liked it. I've never liked it. I did, but I did. Lo- this is how stupid it is, though. I did love. Oh, what's the one they did with the clown with Mr. Jelly? Psychoville. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Now, why is it that I can't stand League of Gentlemen, don't find it funny, but I like Psychoville? I don't know. I mean, I my opinion in League of Gentlemen is like, because I saw them live when they were at the peak, yeah. and I, I was totally into the whole thing, but I think League of Gentlemen Series 3 is the best one because it's like separate little stories. They don't ah. follow a trait. They, they, they've got reoccurring characters in it, but each one is like a little tiny horror story on its own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it, it became something really different and awesome because League of Gentlemen was a great like horror sitcom for what it was but when they branched off and did something else and this way I think Inside Number 9 is like probably the best thing they've done mm. in my opinion because every everyone's so different I mean with no spoilers at all the last episode is one of the most disturbing thi- I mean I laughed don't get me wrong I, we, we laughed but we didn't feel very well after it. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's what you're into, I yeah. highly recommend picking it up. Oh, nice. Because mm. uh, Mark Ace has done uh, The History of Horror. Uh, as, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those. Um, like, again, little sort of short document- documentaries about horror in general, like horror movies and the, some of the, the, obviously, the bigger horror movies and everything else, and talking to directors and everything else, like Carpenter and... Um, so, but yeah, I think that's where their their uh, roots run deep again. Like it's like they've got a love, a genuine love for the, the shows that you mentioned, like um, Tales of the Unexpected, um, and just Hammer Horror and horror in general. You know, they seem to be able to channel that very well. Mm-hmm. It was, I remember watching that that um, it was on BBC Three, wasn't it? And it was he he's so good, Gate. So he's yeah. just he loves it as much as we love it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had a book uh, for Christmas off Zoe, and it was um, his biography about James Whale, um, who directed Frankenstein and The Invisible Man and Bride of Frankenstein. And it's a great writer, and any anything these guys turn the hand to, it's, it's just gold. I think it's they're, <laughs> they're so brilliant, they're priceless. Mm. Mind you, have you, do you watch Benidorm? Ah, no. <laughs> now I have seen and enjoyed series one and two. Okay. Um, I had a mate who had them on DVD, and I watched both series. Loved it. I've not seen anything past series two. See, I was taking the piss because I, I obviously <laughs> know of Ben Dorm, but I know that. Um, oh, which one's in it? Is it Steve Pemberton? Yeah, Pemberton. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's yeah. That, but it doesn't do anything for me. No. It's one of those I look at and I think, nah. It's a bit broad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Chris, what have you got then before we I'll finish? I'll finish off, yeah, just because uh, I know time, although we don't give a fuck, because, you know, we don't, play, <laughs> we don't play by the rules on this, this show, yeah. do we? Get well, to be fair, you don't play by the rules anymore, do you, Dave? But uh, well, with, with I, your interviews. I tried to, but, you know, when, you get, when you've got people that have got so much great stuff to say, you feel kind of guilty saying, it's 60 minutes. 60 now. minutes. You've got to stop. Yeah, so. 60 minutes now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your 60 minutes. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it was a good concept to start, but, you know, I, I tried to, you know, I tried to sort of keep it within there or thereabouts, but I, I would never cut people off if they've got more to say. But And to be fair, you've put a good spin on it because it's at least 60 minutes with, which yes. is awesome. <laughs> Very quickly, um, again, this isn't planned if anybody listens to this, because I know we talked about a documentary and you mentioned one, I'm going to talk about a TV series now. Um, Very briefly, because I haven't finished it yet, um, but I know last time I spoke um, quite a lot about True Detective and I thought to myself, um, I won't watch a TV show like True Detective in terms of the quality of the acting and the the writing and the performances and the way it's filmed and all that kind of stuff. And then I started watching Fargo, um, (laughs) the TV series, and... I tell you what, I'm in five episodes into it, so I've got five left. It's only ten episodes long. So again, Dave, I think it's probably one that you could get into and um, and watch because they're only fifty minutes a pop. Yeah. Wow, bloody amazing! What I've watched so far. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Um, Colin Hanks, Martin Freeman. Um, there are links to the film, but again, oh, you don't. Oh, that was my question. That was going to be my question, mate, because I watched the film. Love it. I was going to say, how does it link so, to the film? Without spoil, I mean, there's, there's, if you haven't seen, I was going to say, if you haven't seen um, the movie, you, you're not going to miss some of the Easter eggs or anything like that. It, it's not essential, but it's the setting, you know. It, it, you kind of almost live and breathe that setting. It just feels like it's cold constantly, you know. And and there are echoes back to the t- the, uh, the movie, but the characters are kind of um, similar. In this, like the William H Macy's character is uh, kind of a bit like Martin Freeman, I guess, to a certain extent. But it says at the start of every episode that the TV show is based on a true story. Um, how true that is, I don't know, but I'm sure they wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. But it's again just one that is so well done, and the pacing, and the characters, and the acting. I mean, Martin Freeman, I've liked him um, ever since The Office. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not a massive fan, like I'll watch everything he's ever done, but I've always thought he's a really good actor, he's very likeable, I mean, he's a huge star now, obviously because of The Hobbit and everything else, But um, and Sherlock, uh, which you mentioned earlier on, but I, I've always liked, you know, him. he's always going to be Tim from The Office, mm. and but he is freaking amazing in this, I mean, he plays uh, an American guy from Minnesota, and they've got... Um, from what I understand from TV and movies, a very, very sort of distinctive accent. Sounds almost a little bit Canadian. And it's almost like, I mean, you cannot tell from my point of view anyway. I mean, I could stand to be corrected. Um, you can't tell that he's uh, an English guy putting on an American accent. It, it's like they've got an American copy of Martin Freeman and stuck him in this. You know, it's like... <laughs> My brain's confused. I'm looking at it thinking, that's Marty Freeman. He doesn't sound like this. What's going on? Uh, but it's brilliant. And um, Billy Bob Thornton's, Billy Bob Thornton to a certain extent, I mean, he's a bit of a weird guy, but he, he's so funny and engaging and watchable in this. And uh, he plays like, um, I would say a hitman, but a bit of a sort of, a, he's a shady character to say the least. And uh, it's black like we mentioned earlier on about League of Gentlemen, this the, the humour in this is so dark in places, but 
also laugh out loud funny. Um, it's brutal, you know, the action, it, well, not action, that's the wrong word, but um, there's sort of some of the, the things that happen in it, it's brutal. Um, it's it's funny, engaging, I would highly recommend it. But saying that, I mean, I haven't finished it, and I, have, I always have a little bit of a, a rule about either TV or games or movies. Like, even if I'm watching a shit movie, I'll watch it till the end, because at least then I can have a full opinion of it. Cause, yeah. You know, and the same with this. I've watched five episodes. The last five episodes can turn into dog shit. But <laughs> based on what a guy at works told me, he says it just gets better and better. And based on what I've seen, it it, it does, and it's it's great. I don't, have you seen it, Ramrod? No, it's. I mean, it sounds like classic Goins, doesn't it? You know, it's funny. It's bonkers. It's horrific. Yeah. Nobody writes like them, really. But do you know what? It's one show I didn't watch, and it, it, it's one I I wanted to get. Like I say, I want to get in one job lot so I can hammer through it in one go. But I didn't. And even my mum, my 75-year-old mum watched it and said, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she she's into, you know, she, her favourite film's Goodfellas. So she knows her shit. And she said, it's absolutely brilliant. And a lot of people have. And I can't believe I didn't watch it because I love the Coens and I love the film. But when I saw the TV show coming on, I didn't. I don't think I got what was going on with it and I didn't pay much attention to it. I just thought it was going to be another version of the film. And because I held the film so highly, I went, I'll just wait and see what happens sort of thing. But it sounds ace. um, Everybody said the same. Yeah, it's on Netflix at the moment, so that's where I'm watching it. But it was um, shown on Channel 4 originally. So, Mm. yeah, awesome. Excellent. Nice one. We'll watch it. Right, before we go then, um, let's tell the listeners how um, they can follow you both on Twitter. Um, Chris, let's start with you. How how can people listening to this follow you on Twitter? I'm at Dastardly Jabby. Ramrod? I am at Ramrod's underscore ghost. Oh, nice. Same on Instagram if you want to look at me with my top off. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, another great show. Cheers, guys. Um, I've enjoyed tonight. Cheers, fellas. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm off to have another beer. Oh, nice. Ooh. Right, until next time, um, everybody say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye, goodbye listeners. To the listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and there we are, the end of another show. Hopefully you found something interesting to pursue. Uh, What you will find interesting, I'm sure, is the new 60 Minutes With website. Point your uh, browser of choice at 60minuteswith.co.uk. That's a numerical 60, not an alphabetical one. Um, It's been created by the wonderful Michael Oglesby. And uh, point your browsers too to michaeloglesby.com. If you want anything done website related, I can attest he's the guy to go to. He's been fantastic making this site. Uh, There's still a little bit of work to do. You know, menus need tweaking and all this kind of thing. But all the podcasts are up on there. So um, if you do listen via iTunes, that's fantastic. An iTunes review would be much appreciated. If you don't and listen through some other way, if you either want to download or stream, uh, you can download or stream them all up via the website now too. It just gives you another option. And of course, on the website, we will be adding um, news, reviews. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. So please bookmark it and keep your eye on that site. Uh, You can also, as always, uh, like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With, and follow on Twitter, which is at 60 Minutes With. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, 
any feedback just send us an email now you can do that contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk and we look forward to putting out another show very soon for you all thank you I'm so desperate for a piss, guys. I've got to be back in one minute. Go, <laughs> I'm going to fucking burst. One sec. Go. Go.